Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Air horn. <laughs> I figured me saying air horn might get around yeah. audacity. Yeah, that did. Zoom or whatever. Sheesh. That worked. Air horn. Air horn. Air horn. Air horn. <laughs> Full volume. Air horn. Teacher Way, you can see Jonnet on the ground, sort of looking around this place that, that you have arranged to meet. What do you do? I kind of like squint my eyes just to make sure that it's the same person that I was expecting. I think this is interesting. The person that you were seeing almost felt like they were taller. You couldn't tell whether this was someone small like Jonnet or a full-grown man. Looking at him, especially with the reflections of the images that bounce in your mind thanks to your unseeing seer's eye, it's almost like there's a version of him that should be taller. Yes. That should be stronger. Yes. Um, uh, but but instead, it's the boy. Yeah, yeah. But instead, I'm seeing someone that looks mostly the same, but smaller, maybe like less realized. And I am actually taller than Janet by quite a bit. I imagine being something like 5'10", 5'11", like nice. almost six feet, like just short of six feet. So a Tinder six, a Tinder male six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's, let's go with that. Hey, you made it. I think at Hey, You Made It, it kind of snaps Janet back into like his body and he ha- he takes like a like a deep inhale. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so who did you end up going through to get here? I'm curious because there's only a couple of people who know this. Uh, spooky doctor. Oh, Dr. Kaplan? Yeah, that, wow. was, that, was, that was the guy. That was the, that was the, 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 the person. Yeah, total blast from the past. Um, <laughs> we actually, Me or him? oh, um, him uh, and and you. I mean, uh, you're a blast from a more recent past. But um, Dr. Kaplan and I went to metaphysical school together before <laughs> I dropped out. <laughs> okay, yeah, of, co- of course you got You got to follow your passion and do what makes you happy. Um, yep, I did that. Uh, g- g- hey, you're great. 
I'm. <laughs> I feel like I, I I have a I have a strong urge to introduce myself, but I feel like that's not needed. Uh, Am I right? Yeah, not really. I mean, okay. Um, I'm me. Yeah, yeah. You are you. Uh, I I guess an introduction to me is necessary. Do you want to yeah, be introduced I got, to me? Or I got, no? Yeah, I need all the I need all the details. Give me the bullet points. I, 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 who are you? What's going on? <laughs> Great. Um, cool. Where should I start? Well, my name is Wei, uh, but maybe call me Teacher Wei. It's an interesting title, I suppose. Uh, one that I've sort of been trying to distance myself from, but I think it makes sense in this context. Of course. So I can only assume that Dr. Kaplan sent you here for uh, to me for you know one reason or the other one of the reasons I'm assuming which is probably the most likely explanation is that he was trolling you and also trolling me and you know wanted to I don't know uh, make fun of me or whatever is that something that they would give pills to someone to walk through town just to you know (laughs) troll someone else? I don't know. We never had a very tight relationship and I don't know, like we always never got along but I think that he always had some sort of begrudging respect for me. But the other possibility is that and I don't know if this is true and I honestly don't have a high enough opinion of myself to believe that is true, is that he actually thinks that I can help you. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean... That's that's amazing. Um, teacher way. Yeah. Uh I um I guess I through this waffling and fumbling, Jonnet has just kind of sat down on the ground, mm-hmm. crossed his legs, and is just like trying to just like elbow on his own knee, trying to like piece together what is happening. So you're you're you are a teacher, but maybe you don't want to be. And you, at least the metaphysical doctor says that you might be able to help me. And I got to ask, are are you a seer? And I think as he starts to say seer, he kind of takes in the context clues because Teacher Way is not hiding mm-hmm. their eye. Yeah. And so, okay, well, mm-hmm. uh, hey, you know what? Screw it. And so he he just takes off his his bandana and kind of like closes his eyes. And then we see a slow opening, reopening of his eye, his third eye. And then he opens his his two eyes again. Okay. Yeah. I think it's best that we be open with each other. Uh, That's a really cool looking one, by the way. Hey, thanks. Yeah. I I guess I've never really like talk to anybody about their third eye. Oh, you I didn't know that it could be on the neck. (laughs) I'd be interested in learning why you hide it. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I I got, I got this, Mm -hmm. points to the eye, I got this kind of late in the game, my game, and I didn't know what was going on and it kind of scared me and I didn't know if other people would understand what, what was happening or they would just ask questions and I didn't know what was going on myself. So I covered it up and that's just kind of what I've been doing. I've also never seen anybody with their eye just out in the open. And honestly, it looks 
pretty cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um, how can I say this? It's very freeing. Uh, and I think uh, I, I I guess I, you know, uh, I got it in my teenage late teenage, you know, uh, adolescent uh, late teenage adolescent, you know, young adult years, whatever. And you know, it was around the time that I was already in a place where I could freely be myself. And then once I got to the temple, it was just something that was a part of me and that I was fine just being with and showing. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm assuming you know about the temple. Uh, liquid sword? Sorry? Temple of the liquid sword? Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, John is like doing like a tiny little like squirm in his, his own self-made seat. <laughs> Human looking born. Do you know Traveler Quan? Um, yeah. Uh, whoa, that felt, that felt <laughs> hesitant. <laughs> felt like history. Mm, yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, you, you seem to have a, a lot of reverence for this place by the way that you're whispering it into my ear, but you don't have to do that. Honestly, I can say it out loud, very loud, the temple of the liquid swords. And why do I do this? Um, because first of all, no one's around to hear us. And second of all, I don't really have the level of reverence that I used to for this place, but um, I do know Traveler Quan. We have a history. Uh, in fact, oh. we used to be part of the same order. You worked with Traveler Quan? Uh, work is a strong word. You, you, you occupied space and time near Traveler Quan? Yeah, yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> we, <laughs> uh, we kicked it. And we oh, had fun. Uh, Okay, um, I guess I have a lot of questions, two kind of bubbling up to the, towards the top. Um, your eye, is it always open? Are you always seeing? Because I, I feel like I have to either, you know, think about it to see or it kind of just, you know, does it on its own. Or I guess a uh, third case scenario, uh, pills make that happen. And, but it's just, I feel like, and I'm I'm seeing it's just open. Yeah, I kind of did a little bit of preparation before you got here, and you took some pills. Gotcha. Yes, I did. Yeah, uh, yeah. but not exactly the the type of pill that you took to get here. These are a little bit more natural, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Great. yeah, uh, and what was the second question? What's what's up with the liquid swords? I I I kind of only know that they exist to you know they can do what i do but they you know train people to do what i'm just kind of flailing around trying to figure out but i i what's up with them are they good are they bad are they red feather affiliated mm. Ooh, does that touch on a bunch of buttons yes it sure does <laughs> which i i think this this guides way to a pivotal point mm -hmm. you have told this child your name but you haven't formally declared yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think we, we can see that Wei has been regarding Jonnet carefully throughout this interaction. Um, and 
honestly, like Lex, the the thing, the the precipice that uh, Jonnet stands on right now is deciding whether or not he can receive a formal introduction from you. Mm. We do have the file that we can share to everyone when you decide that that is the case. Mm. But I'm curious, what does Wei do to make that decision? Especially now that like so many sensitive subjects have been hit in one question. Mm-hmm. Um, so are they good? Are they bad? Are they Red Feather affiliated? What, what do I do to decide whether he gets an introduction for me? Is that what you're asking? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because right now, like, you will either uh, the way I see these paths dividing. If if you judge Jonnet to be unworthy, you can simply send him away, knowing that you were his path to the temple, and that you have denied that path. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can move fur- further, you will speak your introduction, which will be the the file that we have prepared yeah. together, yeah. Uh, and that that will. Like note that you are willing to judge Jonnet and willing to act as a gatekeeper to the temple in that capacity. Yeah, I think I would like to know what his power is. Like, I would like to see the power. Uh, like, what can you do? Does that make sense? I yeah, okay. I love it. I love it. I want this to be a dramatic scene, yes. especially as Jonnet has like touched some emotional notes. How does Wei react physically? Because like right now, I picture you sitting on top of this rock, mm-hmm. looking down at Jonnet in in the night under the light of of the the fading light of the near crescent moon. What what changes in you when he says something that actually like plucks a nerve? Yeah, maybe I like go off go off balance a little too much uh, because I stop focusing on my surroundings. So because I'm sitting so high up, maybe I start to fall a little bit accidentally. Mm. Yeah, there, there is there is a slip. Yeah. How does Wei catch themselves? Mm. Or do you slip all the way? I think I actually lose balance and start falling. All right. Got it. <laughs> Uh, this person who is like on top of this rock begins to fall. What do you do? I think Jonnet is going to see this fall. I feel like there's too much uh, space between them f- for Jonnet to get his way over to them. And so he's going to just kind of do some earth magic, knock on the ground. And I think he's going to try to disrupt the 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 ground that you're about to land in so much so that it's just kind of like loose dry kind of soft dirt for to like fall in oh i like that mm-hmm. a lot tyler from you i would love a average arcane check yeah 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 we've, yeah, um, we've established that your eye is already open mm-hmm. um so that's going to be just too strain on you for this and you have done all manner of earth magic before so i feel like this is very familiar territory boom 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 and then uh a blue uh yes boom mm-hmm. all right here we go <laughs> okay mm. um yeah this is one success and one triumph Oh, boy. I feel like nice. Jonnet doesn't even, it's it's less of a fist hitting the ground and more of like, he just like puts his fingertips on the ground and he puts his fingertips on the ground and then as if you were turning a stereo down like two notches, he just twists and 
we just see a ripple and the ground is just padding. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of think the the jagged hard rock because we established that this is like a, you know leftover debris yeah. from a meteor strike that happened hundreds of years ago. It is thick and jagged rock, and it turns to sand, sand mixed and filled with air that like catches like in a bubbly and and soft descent what would have been a nasty fall Mm -hmm. is as gentle as though Jonnet was right next to you when you fell and caught you in arms uh you okay (laughs) uh that was powerful that was uh that was really impressive Jonnet I know that you didn't tell me your name but I knew your name yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, I assumed you knew. Uh-huh. Um, uh, was that a test for me? No, it was not a test. I was just so shocked, oh. and uh, uh, you you br- you brought up some really emotional talking points, and so I kind of stopped paying attention to my surroundings and lost my balance a little bit and you reacted in a split second and you caught me and it felt so warm and it felt so welcoming and inviting as if like you could be a potential friend and or I don't know student yeah you D- yes you John points to it mm-hmm. you want to be my teacher teacher way I think that you are worthy of at, at the very least an introduction to who I am. Then uh, yes, uh, introduce me. Who is you? <laughs> <laughs> I love the phrasing of that. How's it hanging, kiddo? Such a pleasure to meet you. You know my name is Way, but maybe call me Teacher. I prophesied you're having through a vision in my dreams, but despite my greatest efforts, I couldn't prevent the scenes. So it seems you seek to learn from a person of my esteem. Well, clearly you've seen nothing. And what are you like, fifteen? You see, I keep the secrets of the swords away from thieves like you. I've been trained to change existence every time I speak my truth. I shape reality and the properties of matter. I can shape your deepest feelings, make your pocket brain splatter. My words are my greatest weapons, make my blaze into the battlefield. And I don't share the knowledge, not when I don't know what that'll yield. So speak your truth, kid. Show me what you're made of. Why you're here, what you want, what it is that you're afraid of. I'm your judge and you're a praiser. If you think you're worthy, stay. Teacher is final save. You're deserving of the way. Jonnet takes that in. And I'm I'm Jonnet. I'm 15. Oh, yay. I got <laughs> Been that around right. The world. And uh, things I've seen um, uh, are big and expansive. Oh, what rhymes it with expansive? Um, uh, okay. What do you do if you rhyme yourself into a hole? We cut away (laughs) from that. I I think we pull up into the stars and the night over Duhmignon. I think I would like to join Travis and Oromar. You have just exited the office of the metaphysician. Mm -hmm. And Travis 
you do have a mission here. And Oromar, your time here is a little bit unstructured. I'm curious, my preference as a GM would be that you somehow stay together because I think it would be interesting. Sure. But how, how do you go about doing what must be done? Mm, a lot of the kind of like maintenance parts and bits and pieces are underway. We've already uh, gone and paid our contact to help with the repairs. And that went on while we were off visiting the metaphysician. So that bit's already sorted. What Oromar's thinking about at the moment is now that we're in a location du mignon with very unique resources, what kind of new gig we can pick up here. Because we've already had our successful gig. We know we've, we've, we've got our very expensive feather weave, sold it, got the gold from that, even had some extra feather weave on the side. Fantastic. So Oromar is now looking for the next big deal. Also, because he collected a whole bunch of interesting items from uh, other members of the crew as of late. He wants to go and uh, visit the local tailor, uh, which isn't going to be as cool as Alex, or maybe even cooler than Alex, but Alex is a personal favourite of mine, Nathan Blades. But yeah, that, that's like a side, the side quest for Oromar. But the big thing is like a, working out what, what big trade we can kind of get up to here. And talking to Travis, who has voiced out loud uh, that he knows Dominion from the past, is a reasonable person to speak to about potential leads. So... No one has ever described Travis that way before. A reasonable person to speak to. <laughs> uh, I, I guess there's like a heavy asterisk next to reasonable with a large footnote <laughs> explaining the context under which that might possibly be true. But um, yes, uh, I guess uh, after we, we leave the uh, the metaphysician, RMR signs to, signs to Travis. So you said that you're familiar with this city. Uh, yeah, I've I've been here before. I kind of know my way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only um, stopped in uh, a couple of times in the distant past. We get another very brief flashback to that very slapstick adventure where Oromar was a tour guide guiding rich people through Alligator <laughs> Swampland. But I've not been here especially recently. And uh, the game may have changed, so to speak. And I know that you are one of the premier people to speak to when it comes to playing games. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how I would describe myself as well. F- for the record, it's been a while since I've been here. Just just so we're all on the same page. I guess our, um, our perspectives of uh, recently are a, are a little skewed. Although current circumstances expecting and uh, Oromar kind of like puts a finger at the top of their tricorn hat and leans it back and the, the sunlight hitting their face highlights the fact that Oromar is very dead. I suppose I should get used to extended periods of time meaning increasingly little. I do want to point out this is evening. This is night time. Oh, sure. That's, uh, it's it's a, a, a conspicuously passed gas lamp as we are walking and talking <laughs> to our particular location. Gas lamps. Get your gas lamps. <laughs> Nothing yeah, gets... conspicuous. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy They're shadows. luminous and ominous. Oh, please gas let lamps. me buy a gas lamp. Please, Captain. No, you oh. shan't have a gas lamp. You shan't. <laughs> you shall use pure candles. Good light. <laughs> but when I walk fast, they go out. Then walk slower. 
but I'm in such a Madam, hurry. Madam, there's, there's nothing uh, more efficient burning and clean burning than a gas lamp. <laughs> Look at this dinosaur. <laughs> Look at the start. No. <laughs> yeah, or, or I was like, well, if you want to spend your um, feather weave money, as it were, on, on a gas lamp as a trinket i thought i thought people tended to do spoons for 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 tourism trinkets these days or maybe that was where we were a, a little while ago if i may pause james was that your hank hill yeah that was the best i could yeah. do oh my. it was good i recognized it, it was good. we Precious. can we can workshop it if you want <laughs> uh yeah let's spend three hours mm. um as resident non-accent have um i'm always impressed when people can do impressions <laughs> like that so uh, anyway i'll be honest from this side your resident accent have <laughs> <laughs> very good point very good point very true <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so if that's really what you want to spend your uh, feather weave money on, then I suppose go ahead. I'm not your parent. Oh, well, I kind of meant, would you buy it for me? I'm not no. going to spend my money he... on a gas lamp. Are you, what are you talking about? He's also a bird right now. I will remind you that. Mm, mm. Well, I, wait, I thought it would he, be. Didn't he like do the, the flip and. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, into the bird, yes. He right. did the flip yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. to bird. Yes, he did. Yes, he bird did. was the goal. Uh-huh. Bird was the goal. <laughs> well, I suppose it would be rather funny to see you carrying around a gigantic gas lamp as we go through <laughs> the city. Hopefully. Well, I was also hoping that you would carry it until I was, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Okay. Well, that's why, hey, that's why I asked. Doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs> but yes, I, I suppose um, if current tradings isn't really uh, the topic of the evening what about you know how do you uh how do you put up with all this being timeless oh well you know you play you like you said you play you i play little games i like to have fun i ask people to buy me gas lamps um things little things to keep your mind moving Mm -hmm. it gets it gets tiring but I, I suppose it's better than the alternative. The alternative? I wouldn't know. Being ah, dead. right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I must say it wasn't entirely thrilling. <laughs> I'd imagine. Well, that's a lie. There was a lot of, um, you know, when you go and see a play and it's a big focus on kind of like chases mm. and the tension of that stays relatively high and then they're being chased and maybe a little too long and it starts to become a bit exhausting and you're like when is this chase scene going to end and yes oh and in a b plot to being chased around people are throwing your body around like a ragdoll are you talking about a specific play or (laughs) 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 that i mean didn't you uh See before the most famous... Nathan has to yeah go ahead go ahead please yeah, save me before save Nathan me. has to come up with something, <laughs> Travis, I want to know when the Queen has work for you that that she believes must be done. How does she signal to you that she expects you to begin working? Interesting. Do you mean? I mean that like the Queen believes that. You have a responsibility, and you are currently slacking. You're leaning when you ought be cleaning. Oh, I uh, understood. I think that she starts subtly. 
with like, you know, controlling the nature around me to kind of be like in, in different ways. I'm going to say that like, there are some of these like evergreen piney trees that, that like just grow straight up out of this swamp. And because we're, you know, in this craterous area, I I think these are actually cool. They like float and they have these long root systems that allow them to like sort of float around this pond like area. They've got these long branches with, with these thick, you know, needly pine branches. And one is kind of floating next to the dock area where you are. And, like, as you and Orem are having your conversation sort of around the next corner, you can see in the light of the gas lamps around this dock that the green on this evergreen tree changes before your very eyes to reds and golds before all of the needles fall off at once. Um, hmm... That definitely didn't happen the last time that I was in, um, in Dominion. Clearly the ecosystem has changed a little bit. (laughs) I don't think, um, I don't think this is necessarily an ecosystem thing. Evergreens are supposed to be evergreen. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that was more of a subtle nudge from a friend to me. Subtle? Well, look, I... (laughs) (laughs) You, I, I want to see what the dramatic one is like. You don't want to see the less subtle nudges. So, uh, I suppose you have other business than walking and talking with me. Well, sure, but again, that was a subtle nudge, so I feel like I've got a little time. If there's anything else, you know, you want to get off your chest. Like a wind picks up and all the needles <laughs> rearrange themselves that say, get to work. Um, <laughs> I feel like a second bird like lands on like on near other shoulder. Uh, jump <laughs> Travis and just starts like pecking at Travis. <laughs> okay. Okay, I can take the hint. So, um I mean like well I suppose you can just fly to whatever location you need. That might be relatively lonely work. Dominion is rather large. Are you offering to accompany me? There is a breathless sigh that comes from Oromar. <laughs> I suppose, yes, I am. Just like recreating the sound of a sigh without using mm-hmm. air somehow. Exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I suppose if we have a long journey, I have a few more apples to finish chewing. So, Love this. Cannot wait for that to pay off. <laughs> Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and this is intended to be a generic mid-roll for an indeterminate number of episodes while I take care of my first child and we keep going through this arc. A huge thank you to Lex, the lexicon artist, for joining us on this arc and not just playing an amazing game, but creating really incredible music, collaborating with Arnie Parrott, Tyler Davis, and because of how that music is employed on the show, Casey Tony. 
And also a huge thank you to Tracy Barnett, who assisted Casey Tony on the editing for this arc. As always, one of the biggest thank yous goes to our Patreon patrons who made everything you're listening to possible by supporting the show. Let's thank them right now. Isabella Oliveira, thank you. Zev, thank you so much. Robert Foster, thank you. Matthew Pickard, thank you so much. Sensato, thank you. Malcolm, thank you very much. Imogen, thank you. Denzil Fernando, thank you. Jamie, thank you so much. George J. Babel, thank you. Andy Romney, thank you. Emily Voorhis, thank you. Matt Hunter, thank you very much. Ilbred Ben, thank you. Grim Wickerts, thank you. Taylor C., thank you so much. Michael Larson, thank you. Sam Sprague, thank you so much. Mai, thank you. Jude, thank you very much. Fake Geek Lady, thank you. Emma Heckey, thank you very much. Dylan Wolf, thank you so much. Leander Van Gizagem, thank you so much. And Jacob Rubin, thank you. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We wouldn't be able to make this show without you. Thanks to everyone who supports us already and everyone who's going to support us in the future. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now then, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. I would like to cut over to Gable. Gable, when we last left you, you, you had awoken in Dref's office on the Uhuru. Nodos had, had stood outside, like sort of standing watch over you. Oh, that's nice. I didn't know it was him. Yeah, you you were left kind of with memories swimming through your head. Memories that you are still chewing over. Uh, when a sudden burst of your past hits you all at once. Even if you experience it all, it's difficult, I, I think, initially to order things properly. It all becomes so overwhelming and, and you have to sort and sift through exactly where events fall and decide how you feel about them, process them very differently, I think, than most people would think of processing events in their past. More than anything, I think this feels like that sort of embarrassment of the day after you've had a little bit too much drink and you don't really remember what happened while you were, your brain was in a different place. So there's a little bit of Gable just trying to get up and, uh, oh, uh, oh, I don't, remember anything okay uh where are my friends well they're not here okay uh <laughs> cool <laughs> going to mm, just okay let's go let's go back to work let's just uh, get out to the city and try to find 
captain <laughs> and it's fine mr gable what huh mr gable are you up who is it <laughs> no i know who it is i'm being yes i'm being polite come on in oh. <laughs> wow <laughs> uh the door opens up and you see Nodos behind it. Nodos, you know, obviously not as tall as you, but he's a lanky person, a skinny person. So he normally, you know, looks tall, looks like a, a person who, who is used to towering over people around him. But in this moment, he looks very small, very cautious, as though he's approaching a, a wounded animal that, that might run away if he makes any sudden movements. How are you feeling? <laughs> Poorly. Uh, could you? First of all, thank you. Second of all, get me a little caught up on what what's what's happened here and how embarrassed I should be. Uh, oh, uh, not embarrassed per se. Uh, I discovered you passed out, uh, around your, uh, H Heidi Holt collection, uh, I suppose. Um, secret. I discreetly went to find Jonnet and the captain and Travis, and together we, we pulled you into the office so that you could recover. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, didn't one never anticipates to be a burden on others but i i i thank you uh they have gone to see a physician about your condition i i expect if there's news they they will return um well that's well i guess i should find them i i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine everything's <laughs> good everything's great um um Mr. Gable, uh, I did happen to witness uh, something of what occurred, uh, and we did our best to analyze the condition uh, under which we discovered you. I do suspect that something divine was part of the order. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, no, I owe you an apology. Hmm? I've not been a good steward of your feelings. And I'm not smart, but I am emotionally intelligent. So Mr. Gable, I, I wouldn't say that you're I'm not smart. Sorry. Just... I'm sorry to you. Sorry about what? You know. Nodos is sweating right now, for sure. I don't know what has happened to me, but I do know that at this moment I'm not in a place where I can be continue to be a good steward of your feelings. I can be a good friend at this moment. Okay. This is this is definitely getting a little bit awkward. I I wasn't asking for anything. I I don't I have no ambitions for Okay, well and the vibes though have been pretty pretty intense. Like kind of radiating, just I just want to. I, I just wanted to just say. I like, think at, at this moment, walking up behind Nodos as he is trying to process exactly what you are saying to him, 
a heavy hand falls on his shoulder and a jovial face pokes over it. I see someone's not hung over anymore or has slipped it off. You bet. Uh-huh. Uh, that it's, it's time for me to rally, try to get some hair of the dog and do it all again. That's me. <laughs> Gentles, I have just the cure. You're going to love it. Nodos! Wendell wraps an arm further around Nodos and points right at his chest. You're gonna love it too! We are gonna go on an adventure. Just us, us cool kids? Just us cool kids! Oh, that'll be fun! That'll be fun, right? Uh, as far as I know, yes. that'll be fun. Yes, so much fun. I am looking forward to enjoying this to the fullest. And there's... Nothing else that I would rather be doing at this point. I know! It's great! It's a great idea! Folks, there is a treasure in this city, in this very crater. Tell me, have either of you been to Dominion before? Probably. Who knows? <laughs> I I must confess I have not. Oh, well, this is a place uh, that, that is full of treasures. Uh, there are tunnels all about the place. Uh, there are all these big craters uh, that connect to each other, not just uh, from the rivers and canals that we saw when we were coming in, but tunnels underneath the ground that can fill and wash with water or drain when people pump and make exchanges between the canals. And everything is built on top of a city that used to be much larger and much grander, which means all of that stuff gets washed into the tunnels. And the locals make a habit of moving about those tunnels and trying to grab whatever treasures they can grab. And I've got us all a lead. Ooh. What kind of lead? There's a rumor that there's a treasure that never moves, and one that no one has ever claimed. What do you mean Is it doesn't move? Well, uh, most of the tunnels, because they're constantly filling and draining with water, uh, you might look in a tunnel one day and find nothing, but come back in a week and it's moved about so much that things have actually washed into it. So you can explore different rooms, you know, uh, as much as you want. And some days there might be nothing there. And other days you might find something really cool. Mm. And so... No, you go, Nodos. This is your your ship. You you drive it. Uh, I mean, you are the helm. Toot toot. Go for it. <laughs> so you're you know, the classic saying toot that... toot of a ship. <laughs> toot toot like boats do. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Made sense. So you're saying that the treasure that you have found or heard about doesn't move around? Exactly. Hmm. Do you have any intel on what it is? You got some swords? We got gold? What are we to worry All we know is that it glows. And everyone who's ever made an attempt to get it has died or turn back before they got it. Okay, because they then watched their friends die. Stakes, stakes are not quite as high. <laughs> you're either dead or you're smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, there, there, there's a point of no return, 
where everybody can see it at the bottom of a deep well. And all those who, you know, go to claim it, they either give up and, and head back home or they drown trying to get it. So we go moving through tunnels until we find a very deep well. And then we look at a treasure and decide if it's worth dying for. You got it! Great. <laughs> you bet. That's the fun, good time adventure that you want us three to go on. Yeah! Just just three of us? Listen, I've, I've had a time and something that is external to me that I have no stakes in but can have a fun, good time with is very welcome right now. Extremely so. Where little little baby adventures for little babies. Oh, would love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, this one seems like kind of a layup. Y- yes, yes, I would I would love to do this. First, I do I, I was sick for quite some time, and I do need to inform the people who went to go get doctors, apparently, for me, that I'm I'm cool, all good, great. Not not throwing up or anything. I should go see them first, but after that, totally on board. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll send them a bird. But I should go with them with my body to 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 go walk around and be like, yep, still walking all all seven feet of it, still going. Ah, we'll we'll write we'll we'll find a we'll find a raven rookery and just uh, you know send it after. Hey, but I would I would like to see my <laughs> the the people who are concerned about me. I would like to do that. Uh, just, or, or if we're going to, if we're going to spend the next four hours just having you two talk to each other, I'd love that as well. Hey, Gable, trust me. I know these folks. They've already forgotten about you. That's (laughs) In a friendly way. In a friendly way. Very rude to these people who you've been flying with and are both of our mutual good friends. Well, one of them's Travis. One of them's a 15 year old boy. And, uh. Yeah, I suppose a captain might have his stuff together, but I'm sure they've already found something more important. All right. It, it, frame it for me this way. Is this one of those situations where you think the other people who did go see the doctor to find me, that they have their own things to accomplish and that me being there is kind of antithetical to them accomplishing their things because some, someone might have some little storyline they need to do, right? I, I think that if you go right now, what you might find is there are in-progress storylines that you probably not won't be able to interact with. Not, yeah. Not fun. Okay. Uh, then then if that's the case, then yes. However, I would like to set up just one messenger bird so we can all text each other and still main, remain in contact and kind of keep everyone's. Wow. Ooh, I love this very much. <laughs> we never I established really, a really... two-way. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that yeah, you'll 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 be able to send this is how we'll establish scene flow is we're going to send out this bird and mm. this bird will move to the next scene and that's how that's how we'll know. And then okay. everyone will be updated. We don't need to do any sort of weird catch-ups. About what we've been what we've been mm. up to. A few moments later. Found the rookery chaps! Thank you so much. Wendell comes back and there is a bird on his arm. Liz, I would love for you to describe this bird for us. His name us. is Brandon. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I want him to have a, a, a fancy little name. I'm trying to figure out like the logistics of how this would work. Like small enough that it knows to go back and forth between like a specific three people. I, I think it's got to be a little magic, right? Yeah. So maybe uh, because it has to be short, you can only really curl up the message around its leg. So maybe it's a very small bird, regular sized bird that uh, has a little collar mm-hmm. that you can sort of sm- do small etchings into, say, the, the two or three names that you want it to, to go in between. Then that's <gasps> charmed. Ooh, what if we do it golem style? Um, uh, in the uh, sort of like golem myth, you write words that you put into like a simulacrum's mouth and that becomes its instructions for existence. What if for this bird, you have to write on little pellets the name of the intended recipient and feed it to the bird and that way the bird will be able to find that person? Oh, yeah, mm. Absolutely. So Gable, let's say like they're uh, like little finches, like they're really small. Ooh, ooh, very small. Very small. Uh, and so it, it takes a little bit of dexterity to write something that's small onto a little pellet. So uh, <laughs> Gable takes three and I, I assume there's also like a little bit of an intention. You can't write a full name, but like this one's Jonnet, this one's Travis, this one is mm. the, the captain. Take these three little pellets and this little zebra finch, which the females are just white, bright white. So you can see them and know that like that's not a native bird to this area. And just holds extremely small in their palm the three little pellets and waits for a bird to to jump in and eat it. Yeah. I, I think like one of one of the birds from the rookery that, that's like on Wendell's arm, like hops down, moves over, like regards it carefully, eats it. Who do you want the scene to move to next? The captain and Travis will Travis be Travis to- did just together. They would be together. Yeah. So, I think probably they want the bird to go to the captain because that's the person that you should inform first that you're like not sick anymore, brain good, body uh-huh. And and so that's the the first one and the the note that they write is essentially that going into tunnels. Let me know if you need anything. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So then we we will pop back over to the captain and Travis as a little finch arrives um, on the scene. I told you I'm going. It lands on the captain's opposite shoulder. Yeah. I know that our ship has an aviary, but I didn't realize that property was transitive. (laughs) I think the bird tweets at you Mm -hmm. like it is a little bit shrill very insistent this is a profession Mm -hmm. (laughs) orima like offers a finger for the finch to get on and then holds it in front of their face and we kind of get a shot with the bird in the foreground and orima's like narrowed eyes in the background staring at the thing with his hand occupied he cannot sign to ask what the bird wants but i guess sees the like the bird being a professional lifts its little leg and presents it with the like ring mm-hmm. uh, where the message would be written capsule facing you. With the other hand gently removes the I, I think with almost like robotic care, like a little mechanical hand removes the note and unravels it and 
I guess holds it up, like holds it, reads the note, and then holds it to Travis to read because he can't read it aloud. So Travis can also see what the note says. Yeah, and Liz, you did have a message. Just just speak that aloud for us right yes. now. Because, uh, yeah, I think since it's texting, speak. Mm-hmm. Feeling better. Thank you so much. Don't worry about me. But also, m- m- miss ya. <laughs> <laughs> going, going into tunnels. Going into tunnels. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it doesn't say who it's from. who would send us this (laughs) no one signs a text I'm sorry Um, uh, well if you get a text from a random number from a random bird um, (laughs) new bird the bird uh, gives a message uh, (laughs) message back stop to anyway uh, Orimar kind of I guess let's go of the note and with the free hand uh, signs to, to Travis. We should let Jonnet know that Gable is doing well. Oh, you think it was from Gable? <laughs> they say they're feeling better. Well, plenty of people were probably not feeling well recently. <laughs> or I'm, I think, look, I'm willing to send this bird to Jonnet, but I'm just saying you're drawing a lot of conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> Orimar does another mock sigh. I thought you liked to gamble. <laughs> I only gamble when I know I'll win. <laughs> Orimar genuinely tries to laugh at that, and you get an, a wheeze instead, unfortunately. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it sounds very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Orimar is like, I cannot write a note to Jonnet. Would you mind? I'm a bird. We can do this. We can do this together. <laughs> here's what, okay, here's what we'll do. You know how when you're using a microscope and you have the coarse adjustment and the fine adjustment? Mm. I think that if you hold me, you can be sort of the coarse adjustment with your arm mm. and I can be the fine adjustment with my beak. Uh, I adore this. <laughs> you can just forward the same message. You don't need to do a new one. No, 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 no. Don't don't stifle their no, creativity. No, no, no. We we also need to we're let Jonathan know how we're doing. Right. You know, we can send your message on. We can hit forward on your message, but Jonathan also needs to know how we are. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan cares about our well-being. Like grab Travis like around the chest <laughs> and, and hold him, and then holding a pen. The, yeah. So the captain would do like basically move for each word, uh-huh. like where the word will go, and Travis will use the pen to write each letter within mm. the word. Mm. This is like the I, first I, inkjet printer. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to make uh, together a coordination yeah. role. Uh-huh. Um, this is combining your your coordination stats. Uh, I just need to I know have uh, I have two out. in coordination. So, two green. So two green mm-hmm. coordination. Uh Travis, what about you? I have two yellow and two green. Oh, I mean Oh, oh, so it is two yellow, two green mm-hmm. is, is is your tandem. Uh, do you want to roll that for me, man? Since you've got the big numbers. Two yellow. How what's the difficulty? Uh, difficulty. I'm gonna say this is hard. So that's three. This is yeah, yeah. That's three purple. Yeah, that's exactly one success. R- that rules. Hey, it comes across. <laughs> it's not pretty. Mm. 
But you do get to write whatever message you write. Now, I think we should start by saying that we're also feeling better. <laughs> because, you know, I I think I'm feeling better than I was yesterday. We did get a, a, a medical report from the metaphysician, so... It, they're, they're, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> you so, kind of refused to script those, so I don't know whether you're feeling... <laughs> Well, I'm feeling better and I didn't need it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And what do we have here? A roaring fire? Another mug, a warm cider, some cozy wool blankets, and a captive audience. Seems to me we got ourselves a good old-fashioned fireside here. <laughs> I apologize for my tardiness, my friends. I had some courier business to attend to. But that is all done for now. We can all rest and enjoy ourselves. For when the work is done, you must leave it. Do not let it follow you around like a shadow, my friends. It will be there when you have rested and you are ready for it. So, shall we tell a tale? I have a few I might have the disposition to tell, but I think y'all might like to hear from someone else for a bit. <laughs> now... I have asked Frederick Hawthorne, one of our master all-couriers, to come to the fireside and tell us one of his stories. Stand up, Freddy. Give us a wave. Yeah, that's Freddy. Now, Frederick here is a master all-courier, the highest rank one can achieve as an in-the-field courier, as it were. They are all tasked with all the most dangerous, the most important, the most sensitive of deliveries. I would trust any one of them with my life. And to become a master all-courier takes a lot of time and effort and several trials set up by the Postmaster General for Thinavranti and myself, which entail... <laughs> well, uh, I suppose I could go on and on about this, uh, couldn't I? Forgive my old and tired words, my friends. Freddy, Freddy... Why don't you save these good peoples from my tired meanderings and tell us your tale? I'd be happy to, Mr. Coriander. Hello, my name is Frederick, or Freddy, or Fred, if you like. Or even, uh, Mr. Hawthorne. <laughs> and, uh, as Mr. Coriander said, I am indeed a master all-courier. And, uh, what he said is right. Me and all the other master all-couriers, we take on dangerous and special missions, usually uh, on request. In my 12 years I've been a master all-courier, I've done and seen a good number of things. I and all the master all-couriers uh, each have hundreds of tales to tell, but the one I would like to, to talk about tonight is the one that happened a few years ago, when the postmaster general for Thinavranti called me into her office he gave me a small satchel filled with letters, parcels, and small packages. The destination she gave was, um, well, it was an odd one. It was just directions. No address. 
fly north for a few days, follow the river east, go over the mountains, find a small village in the mountainside with a large tree with pink leaves at its center. The village was given no name and no other landmarks. That was all. Now, it's not like I hadn't done something like this before. Some clients are notorious for giving you just enough to get lost. But from the Postmaster General, this was odd. She was usually so meticulous about the exact location she gave jobs for. One time, she gave another Master All Courier a destination that directed her to a drawer in a desk she was supposed to put the letter in. So this, well, quite frankly, vagary was odd. But I paid it little mind. A job from Fathina is a rare honor. So I saddled up my supplies and loaded my bird. Wait. No, it's the other way around. Uh, I, I loaded up my supplies and saddled my bird. That's it. Uh, the bird's name is Obstinacy. Uh, she's a white-bellied go-away bird. And we took flight. Uh, the journey wasn't a difficult one. No, not any stretch of imagination. We followed Fathina's instructions and, and had no harrowing mishaps. It was a... Uh, well, it was downright leisurely, really. That is until we made it to the mountain. Now, the instructions said that we were to fly northwest uh, through a patch of mountains and head towards a spire of rock that uh, had its top broken off, uh, like a broken spear. At least that's what I made note of it in my, in my notes. Uh, we saw the peak about halfway through our sixth day out. Now, uh... When we saw it for the first time, uh, the mountains we were in were cold and bright, and the peak was very easy to see. But as we drew closer, uh, a thick mist drew up around us. I felt like we maybe should turn back, but obstinacy would not have any of that. She loves a good challenge. So we flew through the mists towards the peak for hours. Sometimes we'd catch glimpses of it, outlined in the gray gloom, but we... Never seemed to reach it. Until finally we found our way out of the mist and, well, gosh darn it, we were back where we started. We tried again and same thing. Hours of flight and when we came out of it, we were right back to the same stretch of mountain we'd entered at. At this point, we were both pretty exhausted. And when night came on, we decided to call it a day. I spotted a little town nestled in a little mountain valley not too far away, and with all the energy we had left, we, we landed and sought out a place to sleep. Now, here's a good tip for you starting out on your courier service, all you novices, apprentices, adepts. You always carry gifts, or at least something you can barter or trade with. I like to carry wool socks. Well, wool goods, really. Hats and mittens and scarves and socks. I like socks. They work just about everywhere, and, and people love them. I had to trade three pairs of socks and a hat to a farmer and her family for a good place to sleep and a meal, but after the day we had, uh, it, was worth, it was worth it. Even if it was just a barn, you know, it was enough. But uh, even after I tucked in obstinacy and said my goodnights, I really couldn't sleep. The day had really worn on me, and I was so perplexed by the mist and the peak and town. So I took a walk. I went into town. I found a good tavern where I could have a good quiet drink and maybe talk to some good local folk. I hadn't been there maybe, oh, I'd say five minutes or so before I was surrounded 
uh, by tons of people asking about news and stories. Now, uh, again, this is pretty common for those of you that are new, that when you get into a small town, you become the center of attention. Uh, you have all the news. Everyone's eager to hear what's going on outside. And I was happy to oblige them. I even handed out some of the latest issues of the Grey Audrin Gazette. And last but not least, I told them my tale of my current delivery. Of the mist and my destination. A village on a mountainside with a tree with pink leaves at its center. At that, the tavern grew very quiet. And the people all looked away. I pressed them until finally an old man near the hearth told me there was no way to fly to the village. And uh, that if I wanted to go there, I would have to walk. And how do I walk there? I asked. And he told me, you take the Winter Steel Bridge. Just the name sent a chill down my spine, and I didn't know why. It was so quiet at that moment I could hear my own heartbeat. It was as if everyone in the room had stopped breathing. But I pressed on. I said that if it was the only way to deliver my post, then I would do it. And the old man said that if that was my wish, then he'd take me to the bridge. And after that, he fell silent. I finished my drink, talked to the townsfolk, thanked them for all that they'd done, and left back to the barn, all the while feeling this sense of oh, unease over the name The White Steel Bridge. It was like, it was like I'd heard it before, as if someone had told me the tale long ago and I had forgotten the words, but I knew how the tale made me feel. I pondered it all the way back. And then, come morning, I awoke early to find that same old man from the tavern waiting for me outside the barn. He asked me one more time if I was still determined to make the trek, and I assured him that I was. I let obstinacy out, telling her I'd be back and wait for me. Now, she's a clever girl and could take care of herself for a day or two. And with that, the old man and myself took our walk. It took about an hour or so to get beyond the valley, and once we were beyond the tree line, we could see the broken spear peak in the distance. I pointed it out to the old man, and he assured me that it was the direction the village was. I asked him what was so special about this village. Uh, why it made everyone so uncomfortable. And he told me that most who head out across the Winter Steel Bridge never return. And if they do, they're never the same. We walked in silence for a time until around the bend we saw it. The Winter Steel Bridge. The bridge itself began at the edge of a fathomless chasm, filled with the mist I'd flown through the day before. The mist was so thick, or the chasm so wide, that the other side of the bridge was swallowed up and could not be seen. As we got closer, I could see the bridge was indeed made of metal. And when I put my hand on it, ooh, it burned with a too-cold touch. I asked the old man as we stood at the edge of the bridge, if he knew who had built it. And he told me that it had always been there. Some even said that it was um, 
from before the stars falling, that it was an ancient and sad thing. The village beyond was full of dread, danger, and sadness. He wished me luck, but candidly he told me he never expected to see my face again. I gave him two pairs of wool socks at that moment, told him that he could keep one and hold the other for me. And if I came back, he could return it. If not, well, the other pair was his. He frowned and turned away back to the village. And I was left with the journey ahead. And that, oh, whoa, hold on, hold on there, Freddy, hold on, hold on. I hate to stop you, but it seems we got some wiggly wiggins sitting around this fire. <laughs> uh, by a show of hands, my friends, who among you has had too much cider and needs to use the facilities? Let's see, that's one, two, three, four, five. Eight? All right, then. Eight. Freddy, do you mind if we stop for a bit so I can escort these fine novices up to the house? Oh, uh, not at all, Mr. Coriander. Good, good. Come along, my little friends. I want you to head up towards the porch light, and don't mind me if I fall behind. We'll, we'll be back at two shakes of a ram tail, eh, Freddy? Uh, it's not a problem, Mr. Coriander. Take your time. So, um... Anybody know any good songs? Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. The history of role-playing games is weird and wild, and we here at System Mastery are determined to look through it all. Every heartbreaker that drove a man to bankruptcy to see his vision of D&D with really specific armor maintenance rules come to fruition. Every game where you get increasingly certain as you read it that this is all just one person's weird fetish. Every system that painstakingly recreates how medieval life was really like. And then also you can cast Fireball. The System Mastery Podcast wallows in the filth of RPG history. Come, join us in the muck at System Mastery. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast powered by you. Each week, best friends Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer take a listener-submitted prompt and, using some of their favorite tabletop RPGs, create an original fantasy character. Along the way, they populate a shared universe one story at a time. They share laughs, stories, and verbal hugs along the way. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. He also co-stars and consults on Showtime's Work in Progress. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts ENT. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. 
The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, or on his podcast, Neo Scum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists, and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. Strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends near her eyes Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the skies